Welcome to another Griffith University podcast. Welcome everyone to this session of Agenda uh, Brief, which is brought to you by Griffith Asia Institute. My name is Stephen Fong, I'm the program coordinator. Today I'm very pleased to have Professor Cho uh, to give us a talk on, um, on Taiwan's uh, election in January. As we all know, Professor Chiu is an expert on Chinese and Taiwanese politics and also on democracy and transitional justice. About two years ago, he gave us a talk on uh, student protests in Taiwan, and uh, this time we see the ramifications. So without much ado, I give the floor to Professor Chiu. I think what Stephen give you guys flyer talking about the election in Taiwan in January has been dubbed as an election without drama. In a way, of course, it's correct, because the election, the result of the election, it were almost nine months ago. We knew Madame Tsai and her party, DPP, the Democratic Progressive Party, going to win. So it's really no drama. But clearly this election is probably the most dramatic event in Taiwanese political history. So dramatic the results of the elections. You know, almost unthinkable, if not a year ago, at least six months ago, that she would win such a landslide victory. And more importantly, it's not just Madame Tsai Ying Wen, but the party and the Peng Green, the anti-Gomintang, anti-KMT group of parties, of course, the DPP, the, the most important one. No one would expect them to win such a, a great victory. The first, first, it's the first time, this is the first time KMT lost government completely. Even in 19, between 19, about 20, 2000 and 2008, one DPP president, Chen Shui Bian, won two times as president, but they did not have any control of the parliament. And Chen Shui Bian had Difficult time running the government, almost impossible for some Taiwan to carry out to, to, to the, uh, his policies. Even as as two away, KMT control eighty one seats of the parliament, the legislative end, DPP only twenty seven. You can see how much, in spite of presidency, President but he did not. He did not run Taiwan. He did not run the government. And that's why this, this election is so dramatic in that sense. If you even see now that the result of these elections, although Tsai Ying-wen, she won more than 6.8 billion, million, million votes. That's about 57% of the vote, total vote. That's massive for Taiwan. And that's a, a landslide victory. More important is that, that time, okay, I'll just give you some rundown. Eric, Eric Zhu, that means KMT candidate, 
when only 3.8 million votes, or more than almost 4 million votes less, 3, 3 million something less than Tsai Ing-wen. That's, that's massive. That's unbelievable. So Eric drew 31% of the vote only. Tsai Ing-wen, 56, 57% of vote. And the third candidate was James Song, the party called the People First Party, James Song. He won 1.5 million votes, about 13% of the vote. So also impressive. James Song, if we also you know then, the James Song's party pro-unifications with the KMT. But James Song played between the two sides, between the DPP and the KMT. Now, as I say, the important one is the legislative yen results, the parliament elections. After 113 seats, DPP won 68 seats. From 208, from lowest point of the DPP, 27 to 68 seats. KMT only 35 seats. And now a small party, but it's going to be very important for our talk, is a new power party. In Taiwan, called the Li New Power Party. New Party is a group of young people, because the young generations uh, people. They won five seats. And then Sam Song's first people, first party, three seats. And one independent. But this independence now is pro, is, is, is pro green, so supporting the DPP. So together, then the Pan Green won 75 seats. So almost enough to amend the constitution. Almost, not quite yet. And also, as I say, that James Song's orange party, we've got orange, we've got three colors, okay? Green means the Tsai Ing-wen's party, means the DPP, and the new power party. Usually, James Song's party, we call them orange. It's not quite blue. Blue is a KMT, a pen blue, blue is a KMT. Orange is a James Song's party, the people first party. But at the moment, clearly, after, particularly after election, this last couple of days, Madam Tsai just you know, met with uh, James Song, and clearly James Song is moving toward, more and more towards the green side. So, people are talking about why uh, James Song will become, because he just might be appointed to a very important position, chairman of the Coast Strait Foundations. Liang'an, that's called Hai Ji Hui Dong So if James Song appointed to that position, that would be very interesting. Although James are still much more pro-unification rather than pro-independence. So this is a, the sort of, you know, you, you, you think about that, you say, the KMT in the last elections, last, last parliament, DPP only, that means 2012 parliament, only 46. KMT 64. And uh, People First Party 3. So put together now you've got, as I say, that this is a dramatic part, not just the presidential election, but this parliament election was very, very important for Taiwan. And, and this is, uh, as I say, that this is the first time in 70 years that Green, the Taiwan-oriented party and leaders and the people, actually control the whole government of Taiwan. And just throw you a couple of interesting points. The new parliament, for the first time, out of 113 members, got 48 female. 
So lady should be happy. <laughs> Not quite, I think should be should be more than you know, but but still forty-eight, almost half. That's impressive, you know. I said give me one 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 point. KMT always male oriented party, so you lady should be against KMT like me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 so the KMT is a ministry that the, the government out of forty-four ministers only only six female. So that party sucks. That's a big, bad party. Voting turnout for presidential vote was only 66%. Why? That is exactly your point. No drama. Many people thought would be the conclusions, the outcome already well known, so a lot of people did not bother go to vote. So from about 70, about 10% less than the last elections. So that's one point. And that's why Tsai Ying was even more impressive. But he got the same vote as Ma Ying Zhou four years ago. And that time turned out 76%. So you can see that, you know, that the lady was impressive. So the reason for the KMT stand for of course many. That you know just give you again always stupid is economy. Always right. In Taiwan, also the case. You know, yes, I say. You no, know, I just mention a couple points here. That are downfall. One simple point about the KMT: the money. The money that we all know KMT has been reported has been well known to be the richest party in the Western democracies. The richest party. Even among all the parties in the world, probably the second richest party, other than your party, Communist Party of China. That's the richest one. Yeah, you look at that during the eight years mass situations. Eight years ago, when <coughs> Ma Yingzhou brought KMT back to power, Ma Yingzhou's KMT's, the former president, now new president, KMT's wealth was still reported to be okay let's go back a little bit to 16 years ago before my angel got into power came this wealth was estimated to be several hundred billion yens we're talking about probably three four hundred billion yen or 24 taiwan yen to one Australian dollars you can do your calculations so eight years ago my angel as i say brought back the, the party. That time, the party, the KMT's wealth, still reported to be more than 100 billion yen. That equal to about 4, four billion Australian dollars. 4 billion Australian dollars. A lot of money. Probably more than that. That's, that's the official number we are talking about. Yeah, after eight years later, when Ma Ying-jeou ran the party, ran the government of Taiwan for eight years, so after these elections, just a couple of weeks ago, a couple um, maybe months ago, a couple of weeks ago, the KMT officially announced its coffer, its bank, contains only misery, sixteen point what sixteen billion Taiwan yen. Meaning, you can see that the, the money now, the KMT from just in ten years time, and the. Eight years under Ma, the KMT 
has lost 90% of their money. Unbelievable. 90% of their money. That's a lot of money. So that's, that's the, the, the reason. I think I got it wrong here. Somewhere, but let me see now. Uh, I will, I'll put that a little bit about that, that came this money made but that's one of the reasons why they even just run this, this election they could not buy any many votes as possible uh, and there was the other the economic factor here Mars policies for the last year is as he say China basket the China basket is so big that Taiwan should put many, I would say probably almost all, eggs in it. And that's mass policies. To depend that the whole eight years, his economic policy is to put more and more eggs into China basket. Depend more and more on China. I think give again another number. Taiwan's GDP was 331 billion US dollars in 2000, year 2000. China in year 2000 was 1,205 billion US dollars. So China's GDP was Taiwan's 2.6 times, 2.6 times, two and a half times. So that was 14 years ago. Now, 15 years later, 2015 last year, China's GDP was about 11 trillion US dollars. Yet Taiwan, in spite of all it depends on China, dependence, dependency on China, this mouth say China is, is, is doing well, we will do well. China's GDP growth will grow, we will grow. This kind of thing about Chinese, Chinese economy becoming bigger and bigger, Taiwan's economy will become bigger and bigger. That's what his policy is about. Yeah, 2015. China's GDP, as I say, 11 trillion US dollars. Taiwan's only 523 billion. So China's economy in 2015 is 20 times more than Taiwan. Something wrong here now about, about Mao's economic policies. 15 years ago, on 2.5, two times, two, time, two and a half times. Now it's 20 times, more than 20 times, China's economy in Taiwan. Meaning, Taiwan has not really benefited by the enormous economic growth in China. Meaning, Mao's economic, uh, Mao's economic policy was a failure in Taiwan. So that clearly is a very major reason for Taiwan's people to, to you know, so many feel we have not benefited by this economic miracle or economic, you know, the, 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 the power, the rise of China. And so that's, that's the major, and people always say that, you know, say that, uh, so that's probably the most, uh, very important factors contributing to this, you know, this um, dramatic change of, of, of event in Taiwan, elections, electoral results in Taiwan. So, I think many people believe, second point, because of that also, and if you look at the 2015, Taiwan's GDP growth rate only 
8%. Even China get to also maybe with, we have question about the, the number still 7%. Taiwan 0.8%. So mass eight-year economic dependence, 40% economic dependency on China. But it's a disaster. It's an economic disaster for Taiwan. So his mass policy, eight years policy, so he started 2008, famous 633 policies, meaning GDP annual growth of 6%, and unemployment below 3%, and GDP per capita, GDP per, uh, GDP per capita 30,000 US dollars. So we call the 633 policy of Ma Ying-jeou, all fail, all fail miserably. And clearly he, that's going to contribute this against the election result, very much so. And if they, you know, as I say, that other indicator of this is that economic indicators, 2012 elections on the eve of the elections, I think it's on the eve of elections, 10 richest businessmen in Taiwan came out line in a line to endorse Ma one China policies. 10 richest, most powerful business uh, people, including Wang Xiefeng, the lady, they all came out to support Ma. This election, none of them officially or unofficially endorsed Eric Zhu's candidacy. So clearly, even the businessmen deserted the KMT. Uh, you know, that event is, was, was important because even I believe that night, that if, on the eve of, of, of 2012 elections, that 10 most powerful business people appear on the TV in Ma, to me, was a silver bullet that killed Tsai Ing-wen's presidential Second important factor is mass factors. Clearly, Ma, the failures of mass government were overwhelming. Not just economic, but also social, political, cultural policy failures. The bad governance, inefficient administrations, almost everywhere to see, to be seen in Taiwan. It's just so bad. And KMT's corruption were endemic during mass eight years reaching mass personal circle, such as Lin Yishi, who was Secretary General of the Executive of the Cabinet, personally picked and groomed by Ma to be the next generation KMT leader. Like he's, he's now, oh, he's just been sentenced to, to six years in prison, but now will be increased because higher, and it's been, been, been to the higher court, and he would be in jail for another 20 years. Second person is, the, again, aside of you can see that, is Lai Su-Ru. Lai Su-Ru, that time was Taipei City Councilor. Lai Su-Ru, not only Taipei City Councilor, she was mass personal lawyer and mass competent. And she now also being accused of corruptions and will be in jail. So it is, again, in terms of corruptions, Mass corruption is much worse than Sun Shui one person's corruption. There's no comparison. 
So again, that's the reason for KMT's demise. Otherwise, for the last three years, mass popularity consistently stayed below 20%. One time, it dropped to about 9%. And that's been consistent three years, almost three years, popularity less than 20%. So another thing is that, so you can see that even the, 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 the political coup, the surprise, Ma Yingzhou and Xi Jinping's meeting in Singapore on November 7, 2015, had no impact, in spite of people thought the Ma Xi historical meeting in Singapore would be a great political event in Taiwan. It turned out to be really non-issue, really no impact on the elections. It was ignored by most Taiwanese electorates. So it's proved that even his self-claim signature policy success, mass most successful, you know, the story he has been telling us all the time is China. It's my success in maintaining peace on the Taiwan, my relationship with China. Yeah, for the Taiwanese people, nothing, almost nothing. So really, now, his China policy, mass China policy, was deemed a failure, a disappointment in many Taiwanese minds. Now that was mass inept, famous Bambolo, the economist named him Bambolo. Weak leadership of Ma was worn on. To many Taiwanese, not just the pen green, but also the pen blue, to them, Ma has become, we call it, a rat crossing the street. Everyone shouts, kill. Means everyone see a rat crossing the street, kill, kill, and that's, that's President Ma. And this very popular saying, Lao Su Guo Han Da, very popular saying in Taiwan. And really, even Eric Zhu, the presidential candidate of KMT, did not want him to campaign for him. The last important reason of this, this election, uh, dramatic election result, of course, is, is Tsai Ing-wen. Yeah, I don't have to go to say much about Tsai. She has been in place last, since 2008, when the KMT totally defeated by the KMT, and the party was ruined. Tsai Ing-wen picked up the party pieces of the party and built the party almost single-handedly. He made the party. He prepared the party. She prepared the party. Oh, really, DPP, really, Tsai Ing-wen, just single-handedly put together, built up again to its towards 16 glorious end. So that's, that's Tsai. So Tsai's personal leadership quality, if you read this, you know, personal quality, political argument, capability to elucidate complex policy issues, extensive contact, dialogue with the people of Taiwan. That's different. She's, 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 she's from a rich family. But for the last 80 years, four or five years, she has been able to go down to the grassroots, to meet the people, to talk to the people, to understand the people. And that's something also Tsai Ing-wen got it. And of course, she single-handedly bring the DPP from 2008's ruin to the year 2016's 
vitality. That's, that's still for handling our relationship with the U.S. and Japan, and effective, effective dealing with a difficult China issue, China threat. She has been able to knew. She has not accepted the 9-2 consensus. She has not accepted one China policy, one China policy, one China principle. Yeah. He has been able to neutralize the issue to such an extent. It's becoming less and less, not only in the elections, but in the now, the, the post-election Taiwan. So, what I said that all guarantee is that that and very probably I am a bit over optimistic about optimistic about that the KMT being dead and buried. What I said, the KMT can still emerge, it, it remains to be seen. And the Chaiyang Wan TPP is evolving fast into a new, very cohesive, efficient ruling party. Like she is able to almost, you know, push, we call that Tian Wangs, Tian Wangs, heavenly kings meaning the old elders you know, of the DPP, of the Dangwai movement, of the democracy movement, like, like, like Su Zhen Chang, like Lu Xiu Lian, like, 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 like all these, including Chen Zui-bian. She has been able to put them aside and make them you know, now no longer able to interfere in the new politics of Taiwan. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure yet what I say. Really, we have a saying called Wu Zhou Tian, Zhou Tian. Wu Zhou Tian, Zhou Tian, you know that famous first dynasty now, Wu Zhou Tian, Tang, Tang Dynasty, the lady, or oh, not empress, but she, she's powerful lady called Wu Zhou Tian. And Wu Zhou Tian, Zhou Tian means sit on heaven, meaning that she runs the heaven. The Wu Zhou Tian, Zhou Tian. Now, that is what now they say about Tsai Ing-wen. Tsai Ing-wen is Wu Zhou Tian, Tsai Ing-wen is Zhou Tian. And then what they say, according to this, of course, people say, Tsai Ing-wen is going to be the Angola Moko of Asia. <laughs> I think that, again, remains to be seen, what to say she would turn out to be such a great. But I think the important thing is that then the, we look at this, then there is one thing called the sunflower generations of Taiwan. It, new generations, young people, create, they are important to this success of the, of the DP, success of the Penguin also. And this group of young people now, they demonstrate the sunflower movement, and they also more or less, you know, very important, you know, bring up a new sort of, new era, new politics of Taiwan. That again will be interesting to see whether, how, how, how far, how, at the moment they got five, the, the new power party, of five members of the parliament, and they're all very effective, they're all very... You know, very, 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 very good politicians. Also, in spite of most of the original scholars, they are not really political animals, but turn out to be quite political animals too. So, don't underestimate all this, this useless singing number nine class. As Chairman Mao says, that I'm the Chou and you are the same anyway. So, so, so again, but still, you know, it just might turn out to be we are much better than that. So, so what I say, what the new era lead to new politics? The sunflower, the new generations, which in turn lead to the most important question of Taiwan. 
Taiwanese national identity questions. They call them natural independence, 天然独, 自然独, this independent 独立, 台独, it's not, it's not like the former generation like me, different generations of Taiwan independence. And this is creating the, now the new, very new Taiwan national identity. That's again interesting question after the elections. Let's see how Tsai Yeh-wen is going to harness that force and to lead that force into the new Taiwan. Of course, with that, whether it's mass or China policies, one China with different interpretations, Yishong Go Biao, again, is dead and buried. But really, Xi Jinping's without that foundation is going to be all shaking, going to be heaven, you know, mm. yao. Oh. So we have to see. So what is it that Chai's, Chai's new China policies, how it will look? I do have the Chai's uh, policies statement, like a uh, speech, June 3rd. 2015 at the CSIS speech, and also her into oh, her speech at, in Taipei, the September 22nd, 2015, to the diplomat in Taipei. They all talking about her policies, and basically more or less like what I have said there. And I, I, originally I have the response from the, the Wang Yi, the Foreign Affairs Minister of China, uh, his CSIS speech, as well as then of course very important. The, the Xi Jinping and and Ko Chang's uh, last month, uh, this month's National uh, People's Congress meeting speech on Taiwan. But this again, most of you probably you know, are familiar with, so I don't want to, to repeat them here. So that's about all the essence, all the main points I want to make. Okay, that's it for today. You've got Please join me in thanking Professor For more Griffith University podcasts, go to www.griffith.edu.au forward slash podcasts.